Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the links in the show notes. This episode is sponsored by Fabian Oil, a family-owned and operated business that offers heating oil and propane delivery services and repairs. Fabian has been serving Central and Northern Maine with propane and oil for over 30 years. As a local Maine business, they cherish the relationships they have formed by serving the people of their communities. In 2019, Fabian entered the Southern Maine region with a heating oil acquisition, and they have recently brought propane to the market. They are aggressive and would love to be your supplier. Give them a call at 207-793-2044 or visit fabianoil.com. In this episode, we'll be talking with Adina Berkowitz from Lime TV. In 2013, Adina was very sick and was later diagnosed with late-stage neurological Lyme disease and multiple co-infections, which resulted in brain tissue damage and secondary disease from a tick bite. Frustrated with the lack of scientific knowledge in the medical community about tick-borne diseases and proper treatments, she resolved to easily bring the information to the public to reduce the incidence of these diseases, one person and doctor at a time. Adina has made it her duty to research and inform. Her dedication to highlighting awareness birthed Lyme TV. Adina served on the Department of Defense's FY19 Congressionally Directed Medical Research Programs, Tick-Borne Disease Research Program, as a scientific panel consumer reviewer. Welcome to the show, Adina. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, us too. I I feel like we're going to really learn something today, so I'm excited about that because I always want to learn things, new things. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about um, what is Lyme TV and how did you get involved with promoting awareness of Lyme disease? Sure. Well, Lyme TV is a public health 501c3 nonprofit, and it's dedicated to reducing the incidence of dangerous tick-borne diseases. The organization has a variety of programs, including school health education, community outreach programs that target the homeless community, Mm -hmm. and also film projects, one of which is an ongoing scientific documentary. And all of our programs are free to the community. That's awesome. So in starting a nonprofit talking about ticks, that actually was the last thing I ever thought would happen in my life. Mm -hmm. I have arachnophobia, so this was definitely not in my life plan. Uh, Mm -hmm. My my story began with a bite, and Mm -hmm. it started with a tick bite in Miami, actually, where I'm from, and where many Mm -hmm. people think that ticks don't exist, right? Mm -hmm. I would have never thought that. Yeah, Yeah. I never would have thought that either. They really are everywhere. Uh, There's there's reasons why the Northeast has more cases than the Southeast, even though there's ticks there, and that's, that's a whole other topic for another day. But I could actually quickly briefly say that it has something to do with lizards. The lizards in Florida, the ticks feed on lizards more than rodents in the Northeast, which mm-hmm. are the most competent host reservoir for tick diseases. So um, mm. getting back on to your question, after a severe health decline, and then finally getting diagnosed with Lyme disease in my spinal tap, I began promoting awareness of Lyme disease through my own medical journey. But I would only mm-hmm. at first tell friends and family about what mm-hmm. I was experiencing and uh, informing them about the dangers of ticks. 
And over time, I found out that I had additional tick diseases that were making my case more complicated. And during all of that process, I also noticed a schism in the medical community and an abundant amount of misinformation online about tick diseases as I was trying to learn more about my new Mm -hmm. diagnoses. Mm -hmm. So now that my tick diseases are gone and successfully treated, I'm left with damage to all of my nervous systems and have newly triggered neurodegenerative diseases diagnosed that stem from Lyme. And I require ongoing weekly infusions to slow the process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to me, this was something that was important that I felt Mm -hmm. that people needed to be aware of, of the dangers. And Mm -hmm. um, personally, I had never even heard of Lyme disease being from Miami. So that tick changed my life forever. So as my health improved a bit, I used my background in nonprofit leadership to create an organization to help bridge some of the gaps that exist with tick-borne disease education so others won't end up like me. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I really hate my work. I hate talking about ticks all day. So, you know, if everyone could just protect from tick bites, that would be great. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I feel like I've already learned something because the whole like ticks feeding on lizards thing, that's like, I I never would have thought about that. And then just, I've always, I've always thought of like the, you know, as Lyme disease is kind of like, oh yeah, that's the thing that you get from ticks. I never thought about other stuff Mm. that you could get from ticks. Oh yeah. And so ticks feed on everything. They feed on mammals, amphibians, reptiles, you know, anything, birds, rodents, deer. It's actually a misconception that you need deer around because deer are not a host reservoir for the Lyme bacteria. They don't spread it to the ticks and they don't they don't get Lyme disease from the ticks. They're called deer tick, the ones that are mostly on deer because they breed, they mate on the deer mm-hmm. and then the, before they lay their eggs. So that's why they're called deer tick, but you don't need deer anywhere around. It's actually rodents, chipmunks, squirrels, white-footed um, mice, shrews. They transfer the diseases to the tick, the pathogens that are then transmitted to humans through a bite. So mm-hmm. in Florida, the ticks have a lot of iguanas and lizards to feed on, um, more so than rodents around. And that's why there's less tick diseases there, although it's still there. And if people take a look at like IDEX map, where the vets report tick diseases to IDEX, um, they mm-hmm. can put in their zip code and check the tick diseases that are reported in their area, which the vets report to Loremia or Lichia in a plasma and Lyme. And you can see that there are tick diseases in Florida that are reported and diagnosed with dogs, right? It's just that mm-hmm. humans are tested less for it. And so of course the CDC map doesn't um, act you know, accurately reflect the cases if people mm-hmm. aren't being tested. Wow. Now, one one quick question before I ask like the next question, just for my own kind of reference. So is Lyme disease something that kind of goes away or is that one of those things that it's just you have it and then it's it's treated? It's That's a complicated question because there's many species and strains of the Borrelia bacteria that causes Lyme disease. And some of uh, the strains can disseminate 
and cause severe disease. Uh, some have preferential parts of the body that it likes to exist, like in the neurological system or in the joints. And some of them could just be in the skin area and, and present with a rash and then, and then disappear on its own. But the majority of the cases uh, that we know of, especially in the Northeast, uh, the strains that are prevalent here do cause a more severe disseminated disease uh, than other areas like the Midwest. Uh, although, cases, of course, happen as well, but it's it's more concentrated with the strains in the Northeast. In addition to that, we do know that 20% of patients who get treated early with Lyme disease do not get better. They have persistent symptoms. So when we're looking at about 500,000 people per year in the United States getting newly diagnosed with Lyme disease, half a million people and growing because the CDC just updated those numbers and tick disease case trends are increasing. This is a this is a big public health issue. So you have five hundred thousand people per year, and twenty percent of them that's a hundred thousand people per year remaining with debilitating symptoms. You know that wow. that hurts the workforce. People have to leave their jobs. It increases healthcare costs. It becomes. Uh, you know, a, a whole big nice box of a public health issue when you put all those things together. There's reasons why 20% of people don't get better, even with early treatment. And that's not including people who are diagnosed late stage and have damage to their body, you know, but mm. there could be the strain could have um, some type of persistence or tolerance to the treatment intolerance to the treatment. And uh, the patient may have multiple tick infections or other kinds of infectious agents or infectious, you know, viral diseases that may make their case complicated. There's, there's many different reasons. Wow. So as someone who's, who's had Lyme disease, is there one kind of moment or was there one kind of specific thing that kind of fueled your passion to help others and, and to raise awareness? Yeah. So one thing I could say about the Lyme community is that it's a tribe, you know, uh, and that's what I learned becoming a patient. There mm -hmm. are so many patients who, through their own unwellness, share their stories to help others realize the dangers about ticks. Mm -hmm. So my passion is not an outlier to helping promote awareness. However, my passion doesn't only come from a place of wanting to help others. My passion mostly comes from being angry about the lack of clinical knowledge of the emerging science of Lyme disease, as well as the dismissal of patients who have real clinical decline while they're being told by doctors that their symptoms aren't coming from Lyme disease. Tick diseases are a public health issue, as I stated, and medical mm -hmm. schools need to be teaching up-to-date and robust information about these infectious mm -hmm. agents and the damage mm -hmm. that they can do to a patient's body. And so my passion stems from that. Mm. Wow. So with May being Lyme Disease Awareness Month, um, what are some of the most important things that people should know to protect themselves? Well, prevention is key. And I have tons of tips, uh, so I could be here all day talking about them. So I'll give us the five most tips. Once quickly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, give us give us the top five tips that you would say. Okay, first of all, you want you know personal protection. You know, when mm -hmm. you go outside, you need to be protected. You want to avoid tick habitats, but that can't always happen, especially in Maine and when people hiking. We want to enjoy the outdoors, right? So mm -hmm. you have to spray your shoes, socks, and pants in permethrin and wear permethrin treated clothing. Spray and eat 
EPA approved tick repellent on your skin, either DEET, picaridin, or another one. It has to be at 20% active ingredient or higher. Anything less than that is only effective against mosquitoes. And essential oils do not protect against tick bites because ticks don't have smell receptors like mosquitoes. So you need to Mm -hmm. wear an EPA approved tick repellent. You must Mm -hmm. put socks over pants, um, you know, wear light colored clothing so you can see ticks crawling on the light mm-hmm. colors. So that's one, but personal protection. Property protection is important. Uh, you could lay tick tubes on your property, landscaping. You wanna remove like the Japanese barberry from your property. You wanna kind of put a border around where the grass meets any kind of like wooded area, maybe some kind of mulch border and keep your, your lawn trimmed down. There's ways to you know protect your property and you could also spray it with permethrin if you're, if you're not by the coast. Um, you wanna do day- Daily tick checks on you, your family, your pets. Even if your pets have like tick and flea prevention medication, those things only work if the tick bites the animal, Mm -hmm. right? But the tick Mm -hmm. can be crawling on the fur and come into your house and drop down and then you get bit by a tick in your own home. It it happens, Mm -hmm. you know? People need to be aware, you know, even going to their mailbox, they could get bit by a tick. So there's also, uh, you know, a misconception that I wanna tell people about tick attachment times. The 24 to 36 hour tick attachment time for transmission of Lyme disease is overall a misconception because the study showed that at that amount of time, you have a 100% chance of being infected with the Lyme bacteria. And there are outliers, you know, that that risk increases as the tick is attached. And at that point in time, that's 100%. So you can definitely get transmission sooner. And other Mm -hmm. tick diseases are transmitted in much less time, like Powassan virus in 15 minutes and, you know, Ehrlichia and Aplasma babesia. They're, they're transmitted in much less time. And, and those diseases are prevalent in Maine. The top three mm-hmm. here are Lyme, Babesia, and Anaplasma. So we want to, you know, make sure that you look for ticks as soon as you get home, throw your clothes in the dryer on high heat for 30 minutes to kill the ticks, do a thorough tick check. And if you remove, find a tick on you, only remove it with fine tip tweezers. Never use fire or oil or Vaseline on the tick. You want to remove it with fine tip tweezers at the head and save the tick for testing. This is the thing that I urge people the most. Never discard a tick because you want to know what pathogens you may be exposed to and mm-hmm. you're not going to know if you get rid of that tick. You right. you may get sick months down the line. Symptoms could present months later. A rash may even show up much later, three to 30 days. Uh, Symptoms could start months later. You may not even connect it to that tick bite. So, Mm -hmm. and a doctor may not test you for all the things that you've been exposed to, right? They may not think Mm -hmm. of it. So you want to know what that tick has so you can be on the lookout and probably get on prophylactic medication. Wow. Yeah, that's great. That's just, I'm, that's just intense, intense stuff. (laughs) There's, there's a lot, you know, but it may take like 15 minutes a day, you know, it takes a little time. And what I tell people, but make it, make it a part of your daily routine, make it a habit because what you don't want is to get sick from one of these diseases because that's, that's Mm. just, that's just much worse. And we'll take much more of your life away than 15 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. 
Um, so, of course, you uh, you have Lime TV, which you are you are running as a nonprofit. Uh, how can you how can other people get involved with and help Lime TV? Oh yeah, thanks for asking. I'm you know I'm excited about this question. There's plenty of ways to get involved. Actually, on our website, we have a page called Get Involved, and it has open opportunities that our organization is in great need of for those particular skills and roles. We are a growing organization, and we need more team members to sustain our growth trajectory. Uh, Right now, we are a team of 24, although a handful of our team members are events only. And of course, we're not doing in-person events now because of the pandemic, but we are still uh, reaching out to our community partners to provide our services uh, while we're working remotely. If someone doesn't have the time to dedicate for a volunteer position, funding is also needed to operate and donations can Mm -hmm. be made on our website. Becoming a monthly donor helps us forecast our budget and nobody on our team gets a salary. So all donations received go directly for operational expenses in our programs. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. So as someone that's uh, running a nonprofit, what has been you know, one of the biggest you know, mistakes or what has been one of the biggest successes from the last year? Oh, let's see. Um, I'd say one of the biggest successes was the creation of our new animation to be distributed to schools. We, yeah, we won grant funding to create and distribute the project and it was written by Disney screenwriters. Uh, yeah, it's so so awesome and so fun. Uh, we had amazing talent from the animator to the voice actors. It's, it's a game changer in health education. Mm, The kids really learn without knowing that they're learning and it keeps them engaged in entire time. It's really fun, interactive cartoon. Um, And we just started letting schools know uh, that the program is going to be released in May. So we have schools signing up now. Um, It's really available for all organizations, schools, Mm -hmm. camps, um, anyone, you know, who who works with uh, children and and would like to have the program. It's browser based, Mm -hmm. so it's easy to deliver. Let's see our biggest or my biggest mistake with the org. or something, or 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 even some. Uh, let me rephrase that. Or even something that you've, you know, something that you've learned. You know, um, I don't know if we want to say mistake. Well, no, well, no it's uh, well. Uh, this kind of comes out of us just trying to. Uh, you you can always learn, yeah. and especially from a mistake, you ought to learn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, like, I'm always a big fan of make new and interesting mistakes. Don't continue to make the same mistake. <laughs> At least, at least be different. Um, so I'm all, this is, this is really kind of my selfish question for the, for the episode, because I, I like to hear about people who are like, yeah, I messed this up or I did this and I kind of wish I'd done mm. that. So that's kind of where I figure if, 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 if you could share or, or anyone can share, then someone out there might not make the same mistake mm. or they might learn from it or, or be able to kind of do something new and different. Well, I was going to say that, you know, the creation of our new animation was also the biggest mistake because it's been a lot of work, although it was the biggest success. Um, But Mm. but so, you know, tacking on to that. I put myself and everything into the organization and I overwork myself and I burn myself out and I don't take care Mm. of myself as a patient who still, I'm still a patient uh, requiring weekly infusions and live TV has become the forefront of everything in my life. And I think that if I had to do things differently, it would be hard not to do the same thing. I think it's just my personality because I'm an overachiever mm. and a perfectionist. 
But I would definitely say that it's a mistake not to fit in the care that I need for myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, self-care is huge, especially when you're running a company and when you're running a business. It's huge. We can just get so immersed in it and we just we can forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I know that I can get that way as well. I, I well, I think anybody who has their own, own business mm-hmm. or or something they're really passionate about, they can get you can get tunnel vision, you get locked yeah. into something. Are there any strategies that you're kind of starting to use or or looking to use to 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 balance that out a little bit? Oh, uh, you know, not at the moment. Um, this is our busiest season, so I don't see any mm-hmm. uh, any rest maybe until the summer. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But being organized, you know, I'm a project mm-hmm. manager by nature, so I'm very organized. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm managing a team of people who also work remotely. We have some great volunteers. We have a core team, an admin mm-hmm. assistant, HR manager, PR manager. You know, we have a working board. So we're all working on tasks, and I manage a lot of people and a lot of projects, and I just have to stay organized. Mm-hmm. You know, my my family, they often tell me that I put too much on my plate and that I can't sustain at this rate. And and it's true. I work at least 40 to 60 hours a week, sometimes more just for Lime TV. And I, I think that the strategy at some point would be that I just need to unplug, but I don't know mm. how to do that. You know, I've never taken a vacation from Lime TV, even when we've gone down to Disney or other places. I've I'm always working while I'm traveling. So mm. I've never taken a day off ever mm. since we yeah. since we've been founded. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tough thing. I mean, and we and we run into the same thing because if at, I mean, we're at a point now where if we're not in the office or if we are unplugged, mm. then the business is unplugged. Right. And, and it's and it's something it's I really hard to find a healthy balance. I think yeah. it takes, yeah, it def- definitely takes time and it takes, you really have to make yourself do it. Yeah. Um, but I think organization is a huge, huge piece huge of that. Huge piece of it, for sure. Because as soon as you start doing that, then you can actually, you it's baby steps. Like, I'm just going to unplug for the afternoon. Yeah. And then you realize the world didn't catch on fire. Yeah. Todd has done, you've done a good job of that. So yeah, I think it's huge to. Now we just have to get you yes. on track with that. <laughs> Yes, I know. I know Kim works a lot, too. Actually, you know, next weekend, I did put next weekend in my calendar a day of rest. It says rest one day. I mean, I may do some things around the house, but um, I I plan not to do any work that day. So good. Yay. (laughs) That is awesome. So we've we've learned a lot throughout uh, just this this short time. But are there any resources out there that you'd recommend for people wanting to know about more about Lyme disease or tick diseases in general? Um, anything that you can kind of share that are podcasts, books, online resources that would be good for people to to look at for more information? Yeah, sure. Of course, I'm gonna uh, first plug in Lyme TV, <laughs> uh, and of course. and I say that not just to promote ourselves further, but also because there's a lot of misconceptions online about Lyme and tick-borne diseases. With Mm. Lyme TV, we actually fact-check with what other orgs promote. And you'd be surprised at how much of it is not factual and based in scientific knowledge. So you definitely want to go to a scientifically accurate organization that's disseminating the correct information. Mm. So you know, that's kind of sad when we're talking about helping a community or promoting people from getting dangerous tick diseases. Facts are important, but it's not only in the tick-borne disease world, or I should say, you know, there it, it happens across the world with 
with all kinds of diseases, right? And other untruths and, and, and stuff about, um, you know, cancer and all kinds of things. So, but one of our favorite Lyme orgs is the Bay Area Lyme Foundation. Um, if people are going into surgery and, or they have, if they have Lyme or had Lyme in the past, they can donate their tissues and the parts being removed from surgery to the Bay Area Lyme Foundation's biobank. And it helps promote scientific research. They use, they actually hmm. use the tissues for research. And we know some scientists working on research projects that use the products from the biobank. So it's very important mm-hmm. um, that they could help promote science in, in the Lyme disease world by just donating mm-hmm. some tissue if they're going into surgery. The Bay Area Lyme Foundation has a lot of great information, um, Global Lyme Alliance as well. So yeah, you know, we promote the organizations that have a heavy focus on science and who are contributing uh, to scientific research. They donate a lot of funding to research. That's awesome. So I always, I always like to ask this. We always like to ask this um, because it's, it's something that we, we ourselves want to know, but who or what inspires you? That that's a hard question uh, because I'm inspired by many. Um, Let me see people who change the world. Uh, the people who suffer every day while overcoming hardships, debilitating illnesses, migration, mm. lack of clean water or other resources around the world, people who suffer from human rights violations, they, mm. they're strong and they're stronger than most mm. people will ever understand. So those people inspire me. Also, mm. people who show kindness when nobody's looking, including mm-hmm. my team at Lime TV who rally around the cause. You know, they do it mm. from the kindness of their heart because they believe in the mission. Mm. My seven-year-old son, who's been so strong through the pandemic, stuck at mm. home with only his parents uh, without, you know, any interaction with peers. I, I try to focus on the amazing people who are the underdogs and those mm. doing good in the world, giving forth their kindness for no other reason than because it's simply the right thing to do. That's mm. awesome. Yeah. I feel like we've learned so much today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank just, you, yes. Adina, for, for, for being with us and, and yes. for talking with us and, and sharing this information, sharing your story, yes. especially. Thank you for being a world changer. Aww, yeah. thank, thank you, guys. You. you guys do so much for the community, too. I love you guys. <laughs> we love you. We try. We try. <laughs> and, uh, and I will be sure that we have links to not only Lime TV and your social media, but also uh, some of the recommendations that you gave us. And we'll have all of that in the yes. show notes for people to look at. Uh, definitely yes. be sure to follow Lime TV on social yes. media and to, to look at that. And, and especially to follow the tips that Adina gave us earlier in the episode to stay safe and so that uh, so she can eventually stop doing this. That would be nice, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so she can take a rest. Yeah, seriously. Oh. <laughs> I'm holding you to that, Adina. I'm going to check in on you that you're going to take a day of rest when Maine (laughs) is no longer uh you know when Maine no longer has the highest incidence of Lyme disease when another state pulls ahead maybe I'll I'll take a vacation so come on people rally together (laughs) let's do this let's do this let's do it for Adina uh but yes thank you again and and we wish you uh the best of luck going into of course a very busy season for you Mm -hmm. uh as far as uh you know keeping funds going and raising awareness we wish you all the best and, and great success congratulations on the video 
video for the schools. That is fantastic. That's so exciting. And where can people learn more about that? Well, they could learn more at TickJedi, T-I-C-K-J-E-D-I.com. It's our Tick Jedi health education program, and they can view a sample of it, and schools or other organizations and camps can register right on TickJedi.com, and we'll begin distributing it in May, but we do have people registering and schools registering right now. That's fantastic. You fantastic. had me at Tick Jedi. Tick Jedi. I <laughs> love such it. A, I'm such a dork. I've actually, I will show Kim this because we're not he's on video. Hold, he's holding I've, up his mask, I've which is my Star, Star Wars, Wars mask. mask. Awesome. Because that's how much of a dork that I that's am. That's awesome. And proudly so. Thanks right. again. Thank you, Adina, and, and have a great rest of yes, your day. Yes, have a great day. Thanks again for being Thank here. Thank you for having me. Thank you again to our sponsor, Fabian Oil. Be sure to contact them for all your propane and heating oil needs using the information in the show notes. And thank you for listening.